Hello and uh, welcome to, I guess I'm going to say the new season of El Dino. I was on hiatus for a while, um, but I am uh, I'm back now, uh, back at Riot Radio as well. So moving forward, I have an idea of how I want El Dino to be, and hopefully it works out that way. So today's episode is something I'm really interested in. It's about our cousins, and not in the sense of, you know, uh, chimpanzees or bonobos or uh, gorillas or orangutans. I'm talking about Neanderthals. Now, Neanderthals were a species of man or human of humankind, sorry, uh, and there weren't really, you can't really say they're humans because they're not homo sapiens, they were homo neanderthals, neanderthals, homo neanderthals. And uh, along that time period that they were, you know, kicking around, we also had two other um, different species of humans. And there were uh, Homo Denisovans, which are um, these like mountain people almost. Uh, and then you have uh, H. Florensis, which was, uh, if I'm correct, um, they were called hobbits, just based on their size. Uh, but today we're talking about Neanderthals. And Neanderthals are really cool when you think about it, because we have different races of people today, but we had different species of people back then. And it's just, it boggles my mind that Homo sapiens were alive at the same time that we had other species of people walking around the earth and, and doing their own thing. So today we're talking Neanderthals, and you might ask yourself, what is a Neanderthal? Great question, no worries. Neanderthals were a species of man, humankind, um, that were uh, shorter than us in stature. We were about 183 centimeters at the time. That was kind of like the, the main, uh, the median, if you want to call it that. Um, and Neanderthals were shorter than us. They were stockier as well. So a classic Neanderthal type, let me get my notes up here. So Neanderthals looked a lot different than us, but also not. Like, you know, they had two eyes, they had noses, mouths, they looked human. But their noses were much larger. And this was to help kind of get an intake of air because they were very, um, I guess, involved hunters. They had to chase down their prey and, and kill it. And their way of doing that was to have a, a larger nose to intake more oxygen so that they could keep going. They had the defined brow ridge. And this sparked a whole idea behind Neanderthals. And people, when they first discovered them, thought they were just stupider versions of us. Um, there was one paleontologist or biologist who wanted to name um, Neanderthals Homo stupidus because they thought they were really stupid because they had this this brow ridge, and this brow ridge protruded out, and it was very thick. So you look at your brows, right? We have we have eyebrows, but theirs were like, you know, out more and more of an outcropping. They also had not longer skulls, but a bit of difference in the back. And that kind of ties into the fact that their, um, their brains were shaped differently than ours. Homo sapiens had a very larger spot in the front of their head that helped them kind of build family ties and groups. It was kind of a social uh, part in the brain, while Neanderthals did not. 
they had a smaller frontal area for their, uh, you know, their social groups. So they had family groups, but that was about it. But the difference is they had a much larger portion of the brain in the uh, imaging area, if you want to call it that. So we know that from that, we can, we can say that they could see farther. They could see better than us. Um, they probably could have seen better in the dark. It kind of ties into the fact that they had a such a different um, upbringing, if you want to call it that, than we did. They had to deal with uh, Europe and the snow. So their, you know, their imaging center had to get stronger. They didn't have sunglasses and they didn't have binoculars. So they had to make their own. Now, we're not done in the description yet. You get to their bodies and they were very thick. We're talking two C's of thick. They were very large people. <clears throat> but their forearms and their shins, so actually the forearm part of your body, and their shins were kind of, I don't want to say stocky, but stinted almost because they they were more, you know, ambush predators. They didn't need bursts of speed. They didn't need to continuously run like Homo sapiens did. They just needed to be able to get to the animal and kill it. Their uh, main difference, I guess, in their arms and legs was their muscles were so much larger than ours because they were so involved in what they did. So both like their thighs and their forearm, or not the forearms, I would have been to call this, I'm not entirely positive, their, their muscles were huge because they had to be. They were very involved hunters, as I said before. So they had to be able to, you know, get in there and stab an animal uh, and make sure it doesn't get away. Because in medieval, I almost said medieval Europe, in prehistoric Europe, you don't really get a lot of opportunities to miss a prey animal. You go hungry, and that, in the survival of, you know, the fittest and the survival of uh, your species, you have to be able to catch prey and eat it or you don't survive. Now, we think that they they probably were, you know, very, I don't want to say, um, I, and the word intelligent comes to mind, but it's not really intelligent. We know they were smart, but we think they were smart in different ways. So we know for a fact that their throats had changed to kind of the same way ours are nowadays. So they could maybe form words. So we think they could have had a spoken language more than just grunts and, you know, um, like monkeys, high-pitched screams and stuff like that. Um, we also believe that they could have, if they couldn't have formed words, but they still communicated, they could have very easily used, you know, sign language. They could have been able to gesture with their hands and convey a message so that the receiving party, uh, the other family members, could understand. Plus, when you're a hunter and you have to get very close to your, you know, prey, yelling across to the guy across from the, you know, the, the uh, woolly rhino that, hey, we're ready to go, might spook the animal. So it'd be make a lot of sense to be able to say, he could say, you know, move forward, and then that would go from there. Very quiet and very, um, uh, I want to say niche for the time. Now, we know for a fact that they left Africa before us. So this is the really cool thing about Neanderthals. Neanderthals were Homo erectus. So Homo erectus was our uh, close relative. Homo erectus left Africa. But it also stayed. 
So Homo erectus stayed in Africa, Homo erectus went to Europe, and Homo erectus went, um, I guess, northeast-ish towards Asia. Now, the ones that went to Asia became Denisovans and uh, H. florensis, but the ones that went northwest became uh, Neanderthals, and they were in places like uh, Israel and, um, I guess, Pakistan, and then into Europe, so what is today Germany and places like that. So they kind of stopped in places and left members, um, which is really what migration or immigration is. In this case, it was migration um, in the sense that they were just being able to go, okay, we're taking the family north, we'll stop here, okay, you know, son and daughter split off, they make their own family, mom and dad keep going. Simple as that kind of idea. Now, they left long before we did, though. So they were, they were well-established in the north, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it, because, again, when you have so many uh, of the same animal, or in this case humans, in the same spot, prey is so hard to come by because you're competing with not only everyone else, but you're also competing with the other carnivores that were there. And Africa was full of carnivores. So they went north. And they went north, uh, we think, anywhere between, you know, 100,000 years to, um, I, I guess it'd be actually reverse that. So like 400,000 400, years to like 100,000 years before we even left the continent. So they were well established. They were there for a long time. And it kind of, it's kind of crazy when you think about it because, <clears throat> sorry about that, um, they were so different than us, but also very similar. Um, so they were very much adapted to cooler climates. We know that for a fact. And they were, there were different, you could say races, I guess you want to call it, but they also weren't because they didn't, they didn't form large social groups like homo sapiens did because again as i mentioned their their front part of their brain which deals with you know friendship i don't know maybe not friendship but you know the social ties that you need for groups of people who aren't related didn't really develop nearly as much they were very um very involved with their families but a family group was anywhere between you know three to seven that's not very many so we know for a fact that this kind of caused Again, they're kind of strong family ties, but ultimately their downfall. So I kind of just, I just detailed what Neanderthals were there. Now, Homo sapien, which is who we are today, decided to go north. We wanted to venture out. Africa was kind of getting stale. We said, you know what, let's go north. And when we got north, we found Neanderthals. Now, Neanderthals have been doing their own thing for a long time. As I mentioned, they were involved hunters. So they, you know, charged Elsmotheriums. Um, which were uh, woolly rhinos, they charged, you know, uh, woolly mammoths. Whatever they needed to uh, prey on, they had to get in there and do it themselves. At the time, Homo sapiens had discovered, or I think they discovered, had made the Atla, or Atlas, which was a little device. If you ever had those paper airplanes that you can, like, fire and they fly, it was sort of the same idea where it was a, um, a handheld kind of sling that you put a spear in and you just throw it farther and it's almost I think it's actually four times as far and homo or I guess homo sapiens had that but homo neanderthalus didn't so they had to very you know actively get in there and hunt which means that a lot of their hunts were do or die also in the sense where you know if, if you failed the hunt and the animal got away you could starve but also you know uh, grandpa or dad or you know mom or sister could get 
severely injured and die in these um, altercations. Because again, it's it's a woolly rhino. <laughs> like you're not going to charge uh, an African, you know, white rhino today because they're gigantic. But you know, Neanderthals didn't have that option. They had to get their prey. So we think that they, as I said, they were very involved hunters. But we think that it was like almost like every other hunt could have relate could have ended in some kind of damage to the body. We know that there are tons of Neanderthal bones that have been recovered that have, you know, parts on them where you can see they've healed. Uh, a lot of skulls actually have, like, you know, their, their optical um, bone in their head has been cracked or damaged, which means they're probably blind. So we know that, again, since they're family groups, they, they kept their loved ones close. But, you know, if granddad or grandma got wounded in a hunt, they wouldn't just say, all right, see you later, go off in the woods and die. They'd take care of them, which was... As I said before, it was there ultimately, we think one of the reasons why they failed as a species, but also it kind of ties into the fact that why they lasted so long, because they had this uh, instinctual uh, need and want to keep their family together and alive, which means, you know, sure, grandma or grandpa or, you know, dad or mom or even like brothers and sisters couldn't hunt and do and participate, but they still brought the food back, which was really cool. They also made lots of leather. I, the term leather is not entirely correct. It was kind of like an early form of leather uh, where it was just animal skins. And they had to have animal skins because they were in the cold. Um, which, they kind of beat at Homo sapiens for that too. Because again, Homo sapiens lived in Africa. It was very warm. It was very humid. It was very hot. We didn't have to worry about wearing animal skins. We could wear them for protection um, to keep you know, your important bits covered, but we didn't have to cover ourselves in it. This comes into another tie in with Neanderthals here because they were very hairy. We think they were probably very hairy because again, you look at uh, animals that nowadays that live north or in northern more locations, they have more fur. Humans probably did that. Neanderthals probably did that. So it kind of makes sense. Back to the humans though. We went north and we found Neanderthals and Neanderthals were at this time, we think a broken species. We know for a fact that because of their family groups, they didn't very much interbreed between the family groups. So they could have been very inbred. And inbreeding causes a lot of damage to you know the children of inbreeding, which can then cause a lot of damage to the family group. Because if you're depending on you know your kids to look after you when you get old, and the kids can't look after you because they are damaged or, you know, they're stunted or um, anything like that. It can cause a lot of issues. So we think that because of this, that could have been one added nail in the coffin. Not the final nail or the final straw that broke the camel's back, but we think it was probably a big deal to the species. Because again, when you have these family groups that don't co-mingle, um, everyone in the family has to be able to participate in the hunt. And if they can't, then you're down a person. And that makes it, you know, the, the uh, chance of injury much higher. Now, because of this, we found them and they were, you know, not nearly as uh, up to date as a uh, as we homo sapiens were. Homo sapiens had big social groups that weren't related 
uh, most, you know, the families in there, but they weren't mostly related. With that, though, we shared technology. So let's say, you know, let's say Johnny from Tribe 9 discovers that if you break rocks in a certain way, they're sharp spears. Cool, thanks, Johnny. We'll share it among, amongst the group. You know, Neanderthals, you know, um, Frank. Neanderthal Frank discovers that the same thing, break the rock, it's sharp. He tells it to his family. They don't tell anybody else. So all of a sudden, Frank's family knows how to break rocks and just make sharp spearheads. But, you know, um, Jonesy's family down the street doesn't know that. So they're at a disadvantage. And this was kind of, again, another nail in the coffin for Neanderthals when Homo sapiens showed up because we had the ability to communicate with each other and kind of build these complex groups that it originally, I guess I shouldn't say originally, it, it, it helped us win the arms race, which has been going on since, you know, day one of evolution. As we evolve, you have to be able to um, pick up with the times or fall underfoot. And if you do, then your species is done. Now, we also think that at this time where Homo sapiens showed up, there had just been a uh, volcanic winter in Europe. So what happens is volcanoes erupt. I think it was in Greenland at the time. And when the volcanoes erupt enough and put enough ash into the air, it causes cloud, sort of clouds, like pseudo clouds, uh, but they block out the sun. And when there's enough ash, it blocks out the sun enough that it doesn't reach the ground. So if it does that for long enough, the land kind of dies off and becomes stagnant. With this, Neanderthals were like semi-nomadic, where they had to move with the herds, we think. Um, and with this, if all of a sudden your herds are dying off because the trees aren't producing what they need, or the grasses are dying, you have to find more and more prey. And since Neanderthals were so large, they had to eat so much. They probably weighed, like, not double what Homo sapiens did at the time, but pretty close to it. And in a fist fight, and the other thing I would take out a human any day of the month. <laughs> but the issue is, when all of a sudden you have to eat like double what we eat, like, you know, a homo sapien could catch one rabbit and be good for the day. Uh, a family of Neanderthals would have to catch or kill, um, you know, a whole woolly rhino for the week. Uh, but that's it. Like, they have to, they have to, or they don't survive. They can't just go around catching rabbits all day because that's not enough for them. So it kind of caused a lot of issues with their whole society where they didn't even have a society. It was just these family groups. But all of a sudden, family groups had to keep moving and moving and moving and moving. So in this time, you know, if Grandpa was, you know, a, had a broken leg, you couldn't, you couldn't keep, he couldn't keep up with the, with the family. So it, could, it, it kind of ties into the whole downfall of Neanderthals. Now, we know for a fact that when we showed up, <clears throat> we interbred with them. Uh, Homo sapiens had done this a lot. Uh, we are at the top of the, you know, the Homo sapien or the, the Homo genus. We're, we're there because we, we did very well for ourselves. And that also ties into the fact that we interbred. We know for a fact that early Homo sapiens or Homo erectus interbred with other Homo species. So from this, we can, we can assume, and actually we know for a fact, that Neanderthals did interbreed with humans. So Neanderthals are dead, but they're also kind of not. So Neanderthals show up, or Neanderthals are there, humans show up. All of a sudden Neanderthals start going missing, they start dying off. But at the same time, not really. It was more of a assimilation um, than, a, than a, an eradication. Because, you know, we wouldn't just show up and, and take all these, you know, 
uh, Neanderthals into our groups and say, you're one of us now. But we would very easily, you know, father children or mother children to Neanderthals. And those children would go on to father more children or mother more children. And from this, it kind of created this secret that no one really knew about until I think it was a couple years ago, like 15 years ago, maybe, um, maybe 10 years ago, where someone sequenced the Neanderthal genome or DNA. Um, they found it and it was in us. So it is believed that one to four people um, outside of Africa, because the people that stayed in Africa, uh, like the Homo um, sapiens that stayed in Africa, are like they're very distinct from us in the sense where their DNA doesn't share the characteristics of ours because they didn't, they, they never did, they never interbred with Neanderthals, they never met Neanderthals, they never met um, H. Florences, they never met Denisovans. They stayed there and they stayed um, just uh, the African Homo sapien. Um, from that though, we know that one to four people outside of Africa have Neanderthal DNA in their in them somewhere. Um, one to four people isn't a lot, but when you think about it, one to four people out of like 7.2 billion, that's, that's, that's not a bad number. So they, that's probably actually more Neanderthals today than there ever were in the past. Um, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. So that was, um, kind of the downfall of Neanderthals, if, uh, if you will. Uh, with that, I should mention, because I never did at the start, sorry about that. Uh, we discovered them in the 1850s uh, near Dusseldorf, Germany. And Dusseldorf is just a funny word to say, so I thought I'd mention that. And they, uh, again, when they first discovered them, they thought they were really dumb. And they pictured them kind of like uh, the comedic uh, cavemen uh, that you've seen. Oh, I'm hoping you've seen in comics or such, the, uh, the slow back, the kind of hunch, um, the, the lack of intelligence. And that was what they thought they were originally. So Neanderthals have come so far from being these dull, uh, cave-dwelling um, semi-people to uh, a people that existed side-by-side side with us for a time and now uh, have integrated into society, um, which is really kind of cool. So my sources I use today, uh, there's one, uh, both on, I, both couple, I shouldn't say both, the two videos I watched, uh, plus a documentary. The documentary is called Out of the Cradle on Curiosity Stream. It's really good if you want to check it out. I really, uh, if you really enjoyed today's topic, I recommend it. Um, another one was, um, it's from Seeker slash DNews on YouTube. Talked about Neanderthals, very short video. Um, I tried to make it a little longer and talk about it more because there's more to talk about. Uh, PBS did a very decent um, little kind of thing. Uh, it's also called It's Okay Not To Be Smart, or It's Okay To Be Smart. Um, and they talked about, you know, Neanderthals as well, but there's only so much you can talk about. They were an extinct people that we are still learning about today. So I tried to cover as much as I could. Um, we interbred. Cool. Our, our common ancestor split off anywhere between, you know, 500,000 to 400,000 years ago. Cool. And uh, we wiped them out. We think we wiped them out. One of the ideas is that we, you know, could have killed them. We know for a fact that uh, Homo sapiens did kind of participate in a warfare-esque kind of thing um, when larger uh, societies or um, groups kind of feuded with each other over resources. So that could have happened as well. Or it could have been a nuclear winter or a volcanic winter um, in the sense that they weren't forming these groups that really kind of helped each other out. Um, so that is 
the Neanderthal. Um, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's not very long. It's like 23 minutes. Um, but there's not a lot to say, and I don't want to bore you. Um, so this is what I'm trying to do. I would like to do moving forward. Talk about a, uh, a prehistoric animal or peoples. Uh, talk about it for, you know, anywhere between like 20 to 30 minutes and then go from there. Hopefully it's not too long. Hopefully you enjoy. So um, thank you very much for tuning in to El Dino. It's more like El Prehistorico currently, but that doesn't roll off the tongue very well. So we're going to go with El Dino still. I will catch you next time only on RiotRadio.ca and all the new streaming services we have now. Since I'm kind of getting up to date on that. And I hope you have a fantastic day and I will see you next time. So bye.